The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Friday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you do it all right. Big night for Nebraska baseball. Big night for Husker softball. They get rolling at five. Husker softball down in Stillwater. We'll talk uh, all things hoops and some football. Jacob Padilla with us in about 20 minutes. Steve Mark will join us, get his take on. Slim to none for Nebraska baseball with what's in front of them and also a big weekend of visitors, uh, some Kansas connections in town this weekend for Nebraska. We'll lay out what we're also hearing on the defensive tackle front in hour two. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports with us. His takeaway on Saban v. Jimbo and that, that the bow's been put on that, but it's been funny the last 12 hours or so to see coaches respond, ADs respond, former either players or coaches on the LSU staff respond. The college football world stopped for 90 minutes and said, wow, this is incredible. There's more fallout. Really good article from The Athletic. Uh, they went in depth with about 10 to 12 different assistants or former players as to this thing being uh, bubbling over, kind of like a volcanic eruption uh, for the for the last twenty years. Some uh, some deep dive into to the why beyond NIL, more so the personality conflict between the two coaches. So we'll talk with Dolman about that, and then Jeremiah Searles with us, our favorite Husker sideline man, longtime NFLer. Husker standout, uh, we will check in with him. A lot of stream yarding today as well. We'll get that rolling about 440 with Steve Marek. can uh, stream us live uh, and do so on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, also on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Email the show, Chris at Hale Varsity. Dot com and can find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Elijah, you're, uh, let's pretend for a minute, you're, you're a football player. You were at Southeast, but pretend you're one in Lincoln. If you're, uh, if you're hosting some visitors for uh, kind of a, a first impression, potential long-term impression, what are you doing in Lincoln? What are you taking the, the, the gang to? Are you taking them to baseball? Are you uh, showing them the nightlife in Lincoln? 
after all of the the, the stadium and the uh, the academic facilities and all the school slash student athlete part. What are you doing to kind of promote this being your home for the next five months to maybe four years? Well, I think the that downtown Lincoln, especially that Haymarket area, has got to be the the shining light mm-hmm. that, that you're, you're taking people to. So I'm talking getting dinner at one of, I mean, a, a number of great Pick restaurants spot, down right. in the Haymarket. Yeah. You're not going to go wrong. Oh, you like Mexican food? Great. There's Mexican spots. Oh, you want a burger? We can go find a burger. You need a steak. Just go find whatever that athlete is feeling that night. Go get them that. Probably uh, stop over to Haymarket Park and catch some of the baseball game. Mm-hmm. Maybe not all the baseball game. And then... Uh, go check out the nightlife. Whether there's some live music going on downtown, uh, you're gonna keep it to downtown Lincoln, I think, and you're gonna just uh, show off what Lincoln has to do on a Friday night. Good answer. And uh, Nebraska will have some targets on campus, specifically a wide receiver from Texas, Marcus Washington. And you got to believe there's a Thompson connection there. Uh, the beginning of official visits for 2023 football recruits. Three prospects will take. Lincoln in, and of course the portal. Uh, quick note on Washington: eighteen catches, two hundred seventy-seven yards a year ago. And uh, guess who found him? <laughs> Casey Thompson. And uh, that was, uh, you know, potential to grow. You ask yourself: Do you need, or do you want? Do you need another wide receiver? As Nebraska's got uh, Garcia Castaneda from New Mexico State. You've got Trey Palmer. Uh, Washington also did visit Lincoln while he was being recruited in high school. So the, the, the thought being this, you don't have Xavier Betts. Doesn't sound like you're going to get Xavier Betts back, but you want that six one six two dude that can take the top off of a defense and also have the body and physicality to, to make the possession catches. Be that combo receiver, right? Be able to get open over the middle, run some crossing routes, run some smash routes, some out routes, and some go routes, and open up the rest of the passing tree for your quarterback or just go dominate until they stop you, right? So you have limited room. You have a couple of defensive tackles that may be on the hook, and you went and got Williams, which is nice because Williams can potentially find a role as a safety. And then, all right, best case scenario, the the, the phenomenal skill set that, that Buford has is to be that nickel corner, right? He may be an incredible – he could be incredible at that. He could still be a great safety, but all right, say someone's spreading you out, you put Buford in that nickel corner spot, you can have Williams uh, and Farmer – on the back end, just thinking big picture defensively. So you, you just got to kind of prioritize right now with what's important to you, but you don't turn down talent and you are trying to replace a special receiver and special athlete in bets, right? Because his, his uh, measurables, his speed, his size, uh, he made a lot of plays in a short window of time. And I, I you need to get that that similar type of athleticism. Elijah, you're a big offensive line fan. Uh, this is a, a big-time opportunity for Nebraska. Caden Green is in, Lee Summit North, and uh, he'll be making an unofficial visit early uh, back from making his unofficial in March. We're talking top 65 player in the country, number 62 in the nation overall. 
the sixth best rated offensive tackle according to 24-7 Sports Composite. We talked a little bit with Greg Smith to kick the week off, and uh, he is super uh, highly sought after. Uh, Michigan, Miami, Missouri, Oklahoma, his top five along with Lincoln, 6'5", 3'10". And this is a Bill Bush, the Bushman specialty. And uh, Bill Bush doesn't miss, okay? Bill Bush doesn't miss in evaluations. Bill Bush doesn't miss when it comes to amping up urgency and a uh, really good job for him to do work in, in the Kansas City region. And we'll see uh, the handoff has taken place. You got him here. Now the job is for Nebraska's offensive staff and Donnie Riola to impress and, and in turn also kind of gauge and see uh, what they think uh, of this talented player. But uh, let's be straight. Uh, the, the world's after him. If you could get him, he could be in the light of next uh, high-level prospects on the offensive line you absolutely want on campus to develop and then see playing on Saturdays. The only problem is I wish he could help Nebraska in 2022. That, that's the only issue I'm seeing here is Nebraska needs help on the offensive line now. And how many guys out there coming out of their senior year of high school are ready to go into the Big Ten right away? We're ready to step right into an offensive line and go play high-level Big Ten football against some of the you meanest don't dudes want, in, in don't all of college football. You don't want to make that a... You don't. You don't want that to be. You don't necessary. want that to be a necess- You don't want that to be a necessity. You don't want that to be common because you're in trouble, mm-hmm. and you win with old, experienced lines, and eventually you got to get thrown in and get experience. But you'd prefer not to do it a prospect's first couple of years unless you're a Teddy Prohaska or a Turner Corcoran. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to discount Caden Green at all. I think he's he's awesome. I think he'd be a, a huge gift for the he Husker football it, team. Right? He yeah. could kill it. And he could be a guy who steps in, the, one of those rare types that steps in as a freshman into the Big Ten and, and plays really well. But the way I see it right now, Nebraska needs offensive line help now. I mean, if Nebraska's offensive line isn't up to snuff this season, it could be Scott Frost's final year in Lincoln. Mm, so, so let's also look at it through that lens of, yeah, this is awesome, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with what this guy's bringing because most guys probably one to two years in the weight room are going to be necessary before they're ready to even step foot onto a, a, a Big Ten football field. A so. couple of years of battling on scout team as well, mm-hmm. right? Get acclimated. Jaden Doss, also a Kansas City area prospect. Uh, his unofficial also in March. He's back again, six foot two oh five, three-star player, and again, uh, Bill Bush all over it. And then this is kind of the, 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 the icing here. Nebraska able to, uh, to go get athlete Dylan Edwards to make his trip to Lincoln. Uh, it's going to be an official visit. He's been here a couple of times already. And this guy's from Derby, Kansas, 5'9", 165. You know, your comp is Wandale Robinson. And you look at his production line in high school, uh, 3,200 all-purpose yards, 40 touchdowns. And Nebraska's recruiting him as a an athlete and as a do-it-all guy. That means play him a little bit at running back, not primarily at running back. Uh, look at him as a slot receiver and then let him go nuts as a kick returner. Nebraska in good position right now, 12-point yards per carry. Oklahoma loves him. Kansas State loves him. But Nebraska getting the official visit right now. 
again, Bill Bush. There's 10 schools that are in the mix right now for for Edwards. Oklahoma and Kansas State, obviously, but uh, KU in on him. Washington, Jackson State, so Dion's really impressed with him. Missouri, Kentucky, and uh, don't discount Oregon either, or Wisconsin. But it's it's flipped. We talked 500-mile radius. It feels like we've started every show off with something about 500-mile radius. But this is the, the day it comes together for Nebraska, at least a showcase opportunity for Nebraska, and uh, kind of re recommitted, thanks to Bill Bush, in Kansas City and in the state of Kansas. We'll uh, talk with Greg Smith Monday. He'll get caught up with all these kids on how the visits went, but uh, pretty important for the Big Red to uh, to put their best their their best foot forward. And, and I think they will. I think it'll be an impressive weekend for these kids. And I just want to say one thing about some impressive stats here from from Dylan Edwards. You mentioned the thirty two hundred all purpose yards. That's not career. That's no, his, that's a season. That's his junior season alone. <laughs> yeah. Thirty two hundred all purpose yards, forty touchdowns. That's thirty eight rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown, one return touchdown. Uh, strictly rushing yards, we're talking twenty six hundred his junior year. You know who that sounds like? Barry Sanders. It, it's that's ridiculous numbers. No, it's 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 crazy. And he plays in a great team. He, he they won state uh, back in his sophomore year, back in twenty twenty. So it, it's not like he's the guy that's carrying a bad football team. He's on a good football team, and that helps out a lot too. But you, you can't luck your way into thirty two hundred all purpose yards. No, and and there is a connection. Alex Khan, hmm. he is from Derby. So there's the the the, the high school connection there. And I know I've just been blowing smoke about Nebraska getting back into the Kansas City and, and, and state of Kansas, but it's been a while since you've had success there. I mean, I know Turner's a Lawrence kid. I know Alex Kahn's also from Derby, but doesn't happen as often. I think the last high-level Kansas City kid that stands out to me, along the Davis twins. We have Bo Wilson. And then I think before that, Michael Rose-Ivy. Are the, are the Kansas City kids I think of off I, the top of my head recently the, that the, think the solid best, contributors? The, the best Kansas City kid, I think, is still Malik Collins. Was he a Kansas City kid? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Huh. Yep, Coach Kaz and John Garrison. One-two punch. Okay, okay. So that's uh, where things stand. When it comes to the defensive tackle setup, things have shifted a bit. We're told Greg's got some great sources. And... Sounds like uh, like Wynn is is back on Nebraska's track, and, and Nebraska not walking away. But it's Wynn was weighing some options. It sounded like Georgia Tech maybe right. But I think Nebraska is in good position, so that may be happening. That may be coming down the pike this weekend or within the next ten days. On hold right now is Taylor Lewis. Because I don't think Nebraska can take uh, Win Lewis and also take Washington. I think they got to pick one of the two defensive tackles and then get Washington, assuming everything goes the way Nebraska wants. Uh, Lewis, Juco, Win Bama. So I think Lewis is kind of a backup, and I don't mean that to sound negative at all. But right now, you'd go with a guy like Wynn that is going to be a space eater body type-wise. Lewis, body type-wise, similar to what you got with uh, Drew uh, out of Mm -hmm. Texas Tech. So we'll see uh, where that goes this weekend. 
but uh, Nebraska in good position, and and a lot more guys going to be making their way here, double-digit visitors here the first part of June, uh, maybe next weekend for for Lewis. Check that. Lewis right now is going to be at – he starts his official to Oregon State, scheduled to see Arkansas next weekend, and then uh, maybe the first part of June is uh, when he heads to Lincoln – if wind doesn't come through. But Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas in the uh, hottest race right now for Taylor Lewis. But win the Bama transfer, seems like Nebraska and him are, are uh, about ready to, to dance, which is a good thing. Time will tell <laughs> when, when that happens. We'll spend some time here. Some thoughts on some Husker basketball updates from Jacob Padilla. Uh, also, uh, get his take on Bryce McGowan's at the NBA Combine. Hail Varsity continues on a Friday. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbert. We welcome in Jacob Padilla with HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Does a great job of covering hoops. Couple of podcasts for Jacob as well each week, covering basketball and prep action at Jacob Badilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, what's your weekend look like, man? How you doing? Good. Um, just gonna check out. This will be my last week of uh, like AU basketball. Just watching. My team's off. We're we're on break in, uh, until July, but there's a tournament down in Lincoln and with a few like organizations that I haven't seen a ton of or teams that I haven't seen a ton of. So figured go down there, watch a few games this weekend and otherwise kind of work on uh, the, the, the yearbook that we've, that we're kind of gearing up to, to get out here next month. What is uh, the, the yearbook uh, piece of this pizza pie you're taking on brother? What are you, uh, what are you working on for the yearbook? Yeah, I, I think we're still kind of keeping quiet a little bit on, on the features, but I'm uh, <laughs> like, this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm knocking out uh, my my portion of the uh, the position previews, and I'm working on the linebackers right now. And we decided to keep the outside linebackers, which are de facto defensive ends, with, with the linebackers. So I've got a big group of, of guys to, to work through. Yeah, you do, but you have some uh, some new names and some old familiar names. Can't wait to, to check that out because that, that group, the, the question mark is, on, on at least on the interior, who's going to step up behind Luke and, 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 uh, and uh, of course, Henrich. Both those guys have logged a, a, just a ton of tackles. They've also had to recover from some off-season stuff. Uh, there's a lot of names, Jacob, uh, on the inside position group, but 
who can emerge. So that'll be really interesting to, to see. Uh, basketball thoughts here. What's your take here on Emmanuel Bandamel, uh, SMU guy? What's this do for Fred and company? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think with some of the guys they were looking at earlier in the process, they were really trying to kind of replace that, that Bryce McGowan's role, that, that go-to wing scorer. Uh, with Antonio Reeves and then obviously very different player, but could have been that kind of filled that role in Baylor Shireman um, and weren't able to, to land either one of them. So um, here they, they had to go fill the spot. I, I think this, this signifies what I'm, I'm sure they already knew that Trey McGowan's isn't planning to come back. Um, I think they had already moved on from Latman already. So they had that one open spot and this was uh, how they chose to use that scholarship. And, Bandamel is a guy that started 60-some games for a solid program in SMU, won 20-some games last year. He's uh, not uh, he's somewhat limited as a player. He's not going to be a guy that's going to go consistently get you buckets. Again, he's not, not quite what they were looking at to fill, uh, to fill that spot before, but he's a guy that's played a, a lot of basketball. He can shoot the ball well enough and can defend. So uh, I think he's going to replace some of the things that Trey brought uh, in terms of kind of just being an aggressive defender, a uh, guy with a lot of experience under his belt, um, and hopefully he can bring some leadership. I know that's something that uh, Hoiberg mentioned in the in his quote after Bandamel signed. So um, you add him, 6'4", off guard there with Sam Brisso, 6'6", point. Um, you've got a guy like C.J. Wiltshire that's in line to play a bigger role as a 6'4", 6'5", guard. Uh, you've got Breidenbach at 6'10". You've got the, the two centers, uh, 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", somewhere in that range. You've got Ramel Lloyd Jr. coming in as, as a, a freshman as a 6'6 guard. So this team is going to be a very different team from last year despite bringing a, a lot of key pieces back. But I, I think they're going to kind of make their hay more on the defensive end. And, and the fact that they didn't go get a, a go-to scorer I think there are questions on offense and how how good they're going to be able to be, especially early on on that end. And I think with the direction they went with their recruiting, they're hoping that they can make that up with uh, better defense and more versatility uh, throughout the lineup. Jacob, I think of Trey, and I think of just how explosive he is as an athlete, how good he can be getting getting, getting to the rim. And, and also creating for others. I mean, Trey's just a, a beast athletically. What, what are some similarities and differences, in your opinion, with Emmanuel and Trey? So you don't have Trey back, you have Emmanuel coming in. What, what is Emmanuel able to do that, that Trey was able to do? And maybe what can Emmanuel do that maybe Trey was hit or miss at? Yeah, uh, Bandamel, he's... He's more of a three-point shooter than anything else. He's actually struggled to, to score efficiently inside the arc. Um, and honestly, as explosive as Trey was, that's also an area where he struggled. Um, you look at his shooting percentages throughout his career, um, they, they, they weren't what you would have liked to see, particularly of a player of his kind of physical profile. So um, I, I think he will bring you some of the same defensive toughness. I think he embraces that role. Um, and he is a guy that can knock down uh, – a spot of jumper. So that's definitely with losing Verge, with losing Bryce, with losing Trey, that I think is the biggest question mark on this roster. 
is, all right, who's going to be able to get in the paint and make plays for themselves and others? Uh, I think they're counting on Sam Griesel to be that guy in part, but we have to see how well that translates. It's a big jump up from the Summit League to the Big Ten, and, and I think they're high on him, and uh, he's a very capable player, but um, he needs some help in that regard also. So that's certainly something they're going to be missing from Trey, and obviously they, they miss Trey half the season, so they didn't even really – get that you saw he just really wasn't outside of a few games toward the stretch he just wasn't much of a factor offensively the, the defensive thing that was pretty much instantaneous as soon as he got back out there but he only averaged six points a game after basically being a double digit scorer throughout his career to that point so ho- hopefully they'll uh Mel can stay healthy and stay out there and kind of settle into that role and just be kind of give, give him that experience on the wing you pair a guy like Riesel that, that can get downhill with shooters like Wiltshire, like Vandemel, uh, and hope that, that that'll be enough to, to score the points you need. Jacob Bedell is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Jacob, I mean, we, we've talked in the past about just issues with previous teams under Fred Hoiberg and their ability to match up with uh, with traditional Big Ten teams. Do you, do you see a difference in the type of guys Nebraska has went after and gotten the transfer portal this offseason as compared to, to years past? Definitely. I think last year you kind of they went all in on, well, first, obviously, landing Bryce, and that's kind of the, the, the cornerstone of the class. And then they were uh, – they were really kind of determined to add shooting around uh, him. And they, we saw that with a Tominaga with uh, Wiltshire as a transfer. They were hoping that Keon Edwards would be able to provide some of that as well. And they talked about how shooting was the area that they felt like they improved the most. And it didn't necessarily show up. And while trying to chase those shooters, they kind of uh, compromised their, their roster in other areas, namely defense and lateral quickness and ability to, to make plays off the bounce. So I think this year they're, they're kind of going back the other way. They've still got some of those shooters on, on the team with a guy like Wiltshire who will play an important role. Uh, and some of, obviously Tominaga is still there. Uh, they, they still like Breidenbach uh, and his ability to eventually be a floor spacing type of big. Um, but you went out and added a guy like Denim Dawson, who is more of that kind of 3 and D type. Who, which, uh, and an athlete, a slasher on the wing, um, who, who will get after it on defense, and that's kind of what they. Br- I think they're bringing in Bandamel to be a similar type of player, a three and D type of, uh, of guy. Um, Griso is six six and switchable, and Ramel Lloyd is a six six guard and switchable. So I think just up and down the line, it'd be a guy like Jawan Gary, physical six six kind of wing forward type. Um, so I think the difference now is they really kind of wanted to focus on versatility defensively. Guys are going to go out and play hard and do the little things because those were areas they were really lacking in last year. And they were hoping that they'd be able to shoot the ball well enough and score well enough to, to make up for that. And that they didn't end up winning that gamble. Um, guys didn't shoot as well as they were hoping to. And kind of those, those weaknesses um, really set the team back. And obviously they had some some close losses where things didn't go their way down the stretch and the thing kind of snowballed on them. So they're going a different different route this year. Obviously, you've got a new set of eyes on the coaching staff. They're making some different decisions in terms of what they're valuing, and we'll have to see how it plays out here heading into year four for Horvath. 
Jacob Padilla is with us. HailVarsity.com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, we'll wrap with this. You've got the uh, NBA Combine going on. Uh, lottery uh, was spill, spelled out earlier this week. And uh, the, the topic of, of Bryce McGowan's. I saw Yahoo with their latest mock projection. They've got the Grizz and McGowan's. Uh, meshing at, at pick 29 here. That's the latest projection here. What are you hearing or seeing on Bryce with the combine and uh, what's your take here on, on his fit potentially with the Grizz? Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Um, I, I think it, we saw that Bryce didn't didn't do a whole lot of the combine, and which is, I think there were 40-some guys that sat out of, uh, I think it was 40 was the number I saw, of guys that chose not to compete in the five-on-five. Um, and it seems like we keep trending that way more and more. Anybody who thinks they're going to be a first-round pick, or they're just basically sitting out at this point. Um, their agents decide, like, it's not worth the gamble. Um, so that's a little disappointing just because it's always fun to see these guys compete and see them in this new setting. And um, But I, I think they, they're deciding to kind of fall back on their workouts. And I know he had his, his pro day. He was kind of the headliner for – um, for his agency's pro day up there in Chicago, which is really convenient. A lot, a lot of these, a lot of these agencies have those pro days um, while everybody is up there for the combine and the G League camp and all that. Um, so he got to go out there and kind of show what he's capable of. He went through the measurements and all that at the combine. Got to meet with, I saw something, 15 teams or so. I think he met with. Um, so I, he, I think he did what he needed to, and. I think they're kind of just hoping that um, people will just fall in love with that potential. I think that is kind of the range. I was planning to try to reach out to some people kind of as the, the combine wraps up just to, to get some thoughts on those that have been paying attention, following it throughout the process, kind of get what their thoughts are on McGowan's and kind of what his range is. But it does seem like that 20 to 40 range somewhere in, in that range is kind of um, where we'll see him go. Um, I, I think, I think he's he's got a good shot to be a first round pick. He's just got to get uh, convinced a couple of teams. There's some things there that you can kind of see what he did and see. Um, you can write off some of the stuff to kind of the the situation that he was in and the roster he was on. And um, I think there are some indicators there that as a shooter, he's got more than he showed this past year. Uh, and if you believe in the shot, then I, I think you you really like him as a prospect with everything else can do and uh, as a scorer so uh, i think that's probably the range of 29 um i I see kind of a lot in the 20s uh, Mm -hmm. for those that do have him in that first round that seems to be kind of the range right now um and we'll have to see kind of how how things kind of start to to shake out now that the, the combine is wrapped up and everybody's kind of reviewing everything that they've learned over the last couple of weeks Jacob Adillo with us. Jacob, have a great weekend, bud. We'll do this again. Thanks for your input today. All right. Sounds good. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. 
That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're streaming now. So we get you going on a Friday afternoon. The ESPN Lincoln Facebook page. We're streaming live there. You can send your comments. Also, ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Steve Marek with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Just talked a little hoops with Jacob Padilla. Some baseball and football with Steve. Steve, what do you know, man? How are you? Oh, Chris, thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. Just got back from about a, oh, I don't know, an hour walk outside. I'm enjoying the weather here. So, yeah, just getting getting set here for the baseball game coming up. Did you uh, did you have a, a pup to walk or just you collecting your thoughts on the, the baseball weekend? <laughs> me collecting my thoughts. Uh, yeah, I usually just <laughs> pop a podcast in and, and walk and try to get a little bit of exercise outside of, you know, sitting inside and typing all day <laughs> look at you man i love it you got to get up off your feet and go get active yeah. Elijah. And, and that's a great reminder for anyone out there that likes taking walks you can take hail varsity with you in your favorite streaming app that's true that? spotify itunes google play all the hail varsity family of podcasts of course and there's a ton to check out heard at uh, media for sure steve uh let's talk football to start we'll get to baseball in a quick moment but as you look at the roster construction with Nebraska and, and what they're looking at right now, you, you look at the numbers game and, you know, Nebraska's got to be a bit selective, it sounds, and feels like there's there's three spots left and you got a couple of defensive tackles on the hook. Also, Marcus Washington visiting this weekend. And if you were making the call, would you would you err on the side of more defense specifically on the line or would you go get that Xavier Betts potential replacement in Marcus Washington. Yeah, uh, good question. I'd have to go me personally on the defensive line. Um, I, I I like what. Well, yeah, I, I like the bodies that are in the wide receiver room right now, and I think that there are a lot of potential guys there that could turn into um, really quality players, um, especially with you know um, the, the coaching that they have in that room with Mickey Joseph. But right now looking at the D line, I just, you know, when you, when you look at big 10 football and how offenses usually play, especially when you get into November and it starts getting cold and guys just come right at you with that run game. I want some more bodies, some more 300 pound bodies in that, in that D line room, especially on the interior. They, they did excellent job getting Oshawn Mathis, but we know what Oshawn is. He's, he's on the outside. He's an outside linebacker. He wants to rush the passer. I'm going to really, I'm going to be really interested to see how he kind of takes run defense and, and how well he transitions to playing against um, big 10 offenses uh, compared to big 12 um, offenses that he's, that he's coming from. Cause it's a different game. It's, it's a different offensive style that they play over there in the big 12 with what, uh, what he's used to. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think that they um, would do well to get uh, Nebraska here, another big body, another interior defensive lineman. Steve Marks with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Steve, let's go to baseball and uh, just minimal to non-existent offense and then a tease last night in the ninth inning. Uh, yeah. The door is not shut, nor is it locked, but you got to win out and get some help. What's what's the emotion? What was the mood post game last night? How do you how do you anticipate the team bouncing back today? 
Yeah, you, you said it with the bottom of the ninth inning there. They had a little bit of drama going there. It was almost like, you know, the offense was was doing all, like nothing, like all game. And then all of a sudden the ninth inning hits and they have the bases loaded with one out. And then, you know, strike out, Core Jackson gets plunked. They get in a run and you think something might be happening and then just another strikeout. I mean, it was just, of course, that that that's how um, it would have gone down. I, I mean, it's just, it's been that type of year where, the clutch hits just have not come. Um, the offense has been incredibly inconsistent. Uh, it's given the the starting pitching, the pitching staff, which has done, which has lost key arms from injury and attrition, and and yet the pitching staff has done a really good job. I feel like, but it just cannot get any run support, and and the offense is just you know nowhere to be found. And after the game, it I kind of got caught a sense um, talking with uh, Coach Bolt there's really nothing else to say. You're not going to say anything in the, in the post game huddle when they huddle out there along the third baseline, you're not going to say anything else different than you haven't said earlier this season. So I don't know, just get to the ballpark again and and maybe something will change, but I'm not going to be holding my breath. Steve, do you get the feel that this team could be ready for the, the the season from hell to be over? Just, I mean, (laughs) it it didn't go how anyone thought from outside the program to inside the program. Uh, Just got to be disappointing all around to see how the season's gone as a whole. You think they could just be ready to to move on, get, get ready for next season? At the end of the day, I think that they're there to play baseball. They want to play baseball. They're baseball players. And I think that they kind of want to um, take pride in the fact that they can go to the, go to the ball field, go to the ballpark and get two wins and have something above them fall out, fall, fall their way. And and they could um, inch their way into the, and kind of squeak their way into the tournament here. But I I wouldn't go as far as say that they're ready for the season to be over. There's a plenty of reasons why I would like, if I was in their shoes, I would, but you know, they're at the end of the day, they're baseball players. They want to play. They want to like, you know, beat Michigan state, but man, you have to think like how much more um, mentally these guys can take with, with everything that's gone wrong um, this season. I mean, like I said, with the pitching staff, um, you know, they've had some good arms um, and then some go down with injury, some get kicked off the team. It's just been a, such a weird, weird year um, that nobody really expected. So mentally, if I was in their position, like, yeah, I'd, I'd want this thing to go, to go away as soon as possible. Steve, about 90 seconds, bud. But when it comes to Juco, evaluation and acquisition wards out. I mean, Will's going pretty heavy with Juco here for next season. What, what does, what do you think that has done inside the locker room? I think that, you know, the fact that he's gone out and they've gotten a lot of commitments from these Juco guys, I think, you know, everybody in the, they understand it. They like, how can you not understand uh, Will Bolt and the coaching staff going out and, and trying something to turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, th- you know, they're not, they're not blind. These, these, these guys know that they're not getting the job done. I mean, we hear them talk a- after every game and, and in media sessions midweek, you know, they, they're, they're aware of everything that's gone on and, and they have said it themselves. They're not getting the job done. And, you know, that's kind of a, a tough pill to swallow for sure. And, and kind of something with the pride there, it's got to take a hit to the pride, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody in the locker room knows the situation and, and knows how massively disappointing this season was. And, you know, for, for the coaching staff to go out and try to find fixes for that, I mean, you can't blame them. Steve, about 15 seconds. What is 
going to be on the uh, the yearbook docket for you. Not necessarily feature, but what are you working on? Jacob's hammering the linebackers. What are you looking at? Yeah, I, I uh, took care of the offensive line preview and the interior def- defensive line as as well as another feature on a, on a player I'm really excited for people to read about. So I was it was a really fun fun thing for my very first yearbook here. Well, good enough. Steve Marek with us at Steve underscore Marek. Find him on Twitter and uh, read him. HailVarsity.com magazine. He'll have all the baseball and plenty of football for you. Steve, take care. Enjoy Haymarket tonight. Thanks for a few minutes. Will do, Chris. Thank you. There he is. Steve Mark with us. Uh, good to get caught up with him. Bill Dolman shortly. Jeremiah Searles next hour. Hail Varsity will wind down hour one next. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HailVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, winding down Hour 1. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're streamyarding ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed at ESPN Lincoln's Facebook Live. Proud of Fairbury, NBC Sports' Bill Dolman will have his take and sound off on Saban v. Jimbo. We'll talk some O-line, some NFL. Jeremiah Searles next hour. Reminder to get buckled up. Using your seatbelt saves lives. Prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Couple news and notes. Told you about the visitors this weekend. Dylan Edwards, Jaden Doss, and Caden Green. All from either Kansas City or the Sunflower State. Uh, In the works is going to be Ethan Thompson as well. He's an offensive tackle. He is out of Colorado. He uh, is in the top eight for Nebraska, Vandy, Utah, the Buffs, Iowa State, BYU, Oklahoma, Okie State, Stanford, all in on him. He'll be uh, visiting BYU the 3rd of June, but he'll official visit Nebraska during the season. And he's going to be an early graduate in December, and then he'll take his two-year church mission and then be uh, there. But Brock Knudsen, the name to watch this summer. He's the Scots Bluff offensive tackle. Coach Campbell's taking the old. I didn't know Iowa State had their own Air Force, but you had <laughs> you had Campbell fly out to Scotts Bluff uh, last spring, I think, or this spring, or at some point. The point is, is he took airfare, took Air Cyclone One, Air Cyclone One, and landed and. Wow, that's got to be impressive, but I think Nebraska's got the inside track on their in-state kid, Brock Knudsen, for that 2023. Uh, So that's big. That's big. Bill Bush, though, doing work down in Kansas. Mm -hmm. That's that's big time. Uh, Bill Dolman will join us. We'll get some NBA thoughts from him. Yeah, I see Bill down in the green room down there. See, last week he was wearing his Salt Dogs hat. Now he's wearing his Nebraska sweatshirt, which is quite impressive. I guess he doesn't care about the salt dogs tonight. Which, well, I'm sure. We'll have, we'll have to get his take on that. He, he's silent. Let's be straight. Just... If you and I were going to put money down, we would both lose money that there's not any NBC Olympic gear on him today. Yeah, that, that's, this is true. That's like a <laughs> minus 200 favorite. Oh, see, here it comes. He's <laughs> Bill Dolman right now is putting on his NBC Sports is it, down. Is that a vest? Is that a down, vest? It's, just, it's a down vest. Oh, wow. I mean, those things are are not cheap. Yeah. 
So we'll, we'll, and they're better free. So everyone listening from home, uh, check out the live stream, and you'll get to see Bill the, Dolman's the Bill beautiful Dolman, vest. The Bill Dolman fashion show. Not puppet show, but it is the uh, the fashion show. Let's get you qualified for that uh, Beef Up Your Backyard the chance to get the smoker from your friends at Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker. And how about a gift card to your friends at Russ's Market? Do you want ribs? Do you want chops? Do you want steak? Do you want chicken to throw on that smoker? Russ's makes it happen, along with your friends at Capital Patio in the Flame Shop. And uh, May 26th is when the, the last day you can qualify. So be caller 9 right now and get qualified to beef up your backyard 4663776 with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for spending time at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We bring in the pride of Fairbury. It's NBC Sports' Bill Dolman. Show off that vest if folks are watching. Don't unzip the vest. I said show off the vest. If you're watching on Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook or ESPN Lincoln's Twitter. Billy D., how are you, sir? Well, greetings uh, from uh, Chichen Chong, Arado. Where on May 20th, we'd like to tell everybody Merry Christmas because it is uh, snowing outside. I drove through a blizzard earlier today to get uh, to my home in Highlands Ranch. Um, It's not accumulating much here, but it is a winter wonderland. On this, my daughter Nora's high school graduate, or Greg, Reagan, 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 not Nora, uh, Reagan's graduation uh, day today. So congratulations to her. And on her, she'll remember that because of the snow falling. On graduation, only in uh, in Colorado, right? You have uh, May twentieth snow, and man, uh, I, I I'd say I'm sorry, but you know I'm, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we don't have any snow this direction, but who knows? It was it, it was eighty five degrees yesterday. See, and it was ninety four here yesterday, right? Ninety four, ninety four here yeah. yesterday. It's we're high seventies today, but that's you know yeah, mid fifties tomorrow. I, I, Nobody loves Nebraska more than me. Heaven suburb, okay? Mm-hmm. I, and no, no, nothing is closer to God than Nebraska. But God decided to give Nebraska every element of weather that there could possibly be. <laughs> the weather in Nebraska is the worst of anywhere that I've ever been. I've lived in, in Houston heat and humidity. I've lived in Nebraska, Colorado, where the best weather, but it can change dramatically. But Nebraska weather, 
Oh, see, that the, is uh, that's pretty bad. The difference between that the Nebraska weather and the Colorado weather is that today it's snowing in Colorado, which means tomorrow I'm sure it'll be 50 degrees and sunny, and then it'll be sunny all next week, and the snow yeah. will be gone. In Nebraska, yeah. if it snows in May, it's going to be overcast for the next two weeks, and the snow is going to yeah. stay on the ground yeah. for like uh, a week y- and a half. Y- y- y'all, y'all got the Minnesota uh, wind chill and the Houston heat and everything in between. So, uh, but yeah, today we have uh, we have graduation day with snow. Speaking of the Almighty, it was uttered twice, <laughs> and it wasn't in uh, in um, praise by Jimbo Fisher. Bill, you've seen a lot of sports. You've covered a lot of pressers. You've been around a ton of head coaches. You know folks at A&M. You know Bama. You know Saban. Tell me this. Why did yesterday happen? We know why, but what? dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper as to what you think. What do you think about Jimbo's response? You mean yesterday, happy Paul Feinbaum day? Yeah, he was, happy he was e- fired happy up. ES, happy ESPN and SEC Network Day. Uh, is that what you're talking about with uh, television contracts being renewed? You, you know, look, I, I, I read way in between the lines on stuff. And, and I said this probably late March, early April, because remember Dabo Sweeney was coming out about the NIL. Remember he was making headlines about, well, and people were criticizing Dabo because he makes six to $9 million a year. And then Saban was saying some stuff around that same time. And I said, there's something going on that two of the biggest power broker coaches in college football are going out front with criticisms of, the transfer portal, the NIL, not that everybody else hasn't been critical of it, but they were very pointed in it. There has, there had to have been something behind the reason for that all those weeks ago. And so Saban goes out and it's in front of what the Alabama boosters in Birmingham, Nick Saban doesn't do anything that's not calculated, not thought out. Um, He doesn't do anything haphazardly. Uh, I remember many years ago, uh, Jim McElwain, who was the head coach at Colorado State, went to the University of Florida, is now, I believe, at Central Michigan. And we were at Mountain West Conference Football Media Days, and he had just left Alabama to take the CSU job. And he was talking about how Nick Saban plans out a year and a half ahead. All right? Not a week and a half ahead. Nick Saban plans out a year and a half ahead. So that's how calculated he is. So for whatever reason that he, you know, dropped the little nuggets that he did or the big bombs that he did in Birmingham, uh, I, I don't think it was, oh, well, that's just a slip of the tongue. I do think that he went too far with the Jackson State stuff. and But he covered himself by saying, I read it in the papers. Everybody else did too back when Travis Hunter signed. Is it Travis Hunter? Yep. When he signed with Jackson State, everybody's going, how did that happen? Right. That was one of the big stories during the. How did I get beat, Bill? And he brings but he brings that back up again. And yet, did he go too far? Yeah. But he said, hey, I read it in the papers. So did I, Nick. So did (laughs) I, Jimbo. We all read about it and wondered about it in the papers. But we're all looking at the NIL saying, "I, I guess it I guess it could happen. But to me, you know, the happiest guy in the world is Paul Feinbaum, mm-hmm. the, the, the famed uh, radio uh, sports talk show host down in Alabama and has covered the SEC 
He's got shows on ESPN, the SEC Network. I think ESPN was happy as can be. Now, do I think that Nick Saban did them a favor? No. But clearly, this is his way of saying, you got to rein this NIL in in some way. And I've been saying for weeks as well, Texas A&M had it figured out much differently than everybody else. I think Alabama and Nebraska, probably Clemson, Tennessee, maybe USC, although they got the tampering thing. I think a lot of the schools had it figured out, okay, when, when, when the clock strikes midnight on July 1, 2021, we have a plan in place. And I've always said Nebraska has been at that forefront. I think Alabama was right there, Clemson, Tennessee, others. But Texas A&M read that rule book a whole lot differently than everybody else. And I have no doubt in my mind that whatever they did was within the, the rules of the law, but not the spirit of the law. And for Jimbo, that nobody at Texas A&M is saying, no, that's not it. They're all saying – Alabama does it too, right? Mm-hmm. A&M is not saying we did something, we did anything wrong, right? They're saying Alabama's been doing it for years. But so wait, it's like it's like Nick, Nick doesn't saying, Nick, yeah, Nick, Nick, Nick doesn't cheat, but Alabama's been doing it for years, right? So nobody, nobody at Texas A&M that I've heard has defended. No, right? They're just they've playing. Just they're said, playing with the new ball and the new rules. Yeah. And, and Jimbo Fisher, though, okay, so you're mad. And I've said this, boy, you know, the amount of stuff that comes out after I say it. Jimbo <laughs> Fisher saying, uh, I, I don't know anything about it, basically. I don't know about the collective and all the – I don't know how that – I don't know how my 25 – Because those are his are driving, quarterback scouts, clearly, right? They're, they're driving better cars than the coaches are, right? Mm-hmm. Got or the their same. Own, you know, yeah. <laughs> But 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 for him to say, look, I don't know, I don't know much about it. If you're a, if you're a college football coach, you have had to know every single rule in that phone book size NCAA rule book for the past thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. And for Jimbo Fisher to say, I, you know, I, I don't, I really don't know much about it. Oh my god. This, this relationship, Bill, goes back to LSU. It goes back to Saban hiring Jimbo from Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati. He was OC there. It goes back to Saban being a micromanager. And Jimbo's the first to publicly punch back at Saban and not yeah, but, and, and, and but. not and not 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 defer to his mentor and it goes back and I was looking through the athletic today it goes back to, to Jimbo wanting to run and show his brain off right with with his play calls and his play design even while he was working for Nick at LSU and they'd always butt heads they respected one another but but Saban's just a, for lack of a better word a tyrant and and Jimbo had had enough had had enough disrespect from his time at LSU, right, that he never forgot. and He perceived disrespect. And now a second crack at how he's going about his business at A&M after they beat him on the field, and it bubbled over, and he lost it for about nine minutes. Wasn't wrong, but he lost it. Right. Okay. Another problem with with the Jimbo Fisher stuff, all right? Um, You you can't say that you didn't know what was – you don't know much about it. Okay, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. 
All right. But he, what's, what's the word where you, where you, uh, you, you get Twitter pated, where you get Twitter pated is like you get a little anxious about stuff. He Twitter padded, he Twitter punched him. You know what mm-hmm. that is? That's, that's the, that's, those are the clickbait Twitters where people said, boy, there's some big news coming later today. Well, I can't, I can't believe what I heard in court today. Big news out of Bachelor Nation, you know, coming up. You know, but nobody ever says anything. They all just Twitter pat. Twitter punch. So for Jimbo Fisher to say, oh, he's a serial cheater, come out and say it. What did he do? What do you know? Hit it. Let's find out. Stop this stuff of, well, he, I, you know, I know where his bones are buried. Well, you know what? I know Nick Saban knows where Jimbo Fisher's bones are probably buried, too. Mm. But this stuff of he's a serial cheater. Let's then come on out with it then. Or are you going to say, I read it in the papers? No, <laughs> if, if you're Jimbo Fisher and you're that pissed off about what Nick Saban said about you and your program, and to me in a much bigger picture, you said it about the NIL and the transfer portal, which, look, the toothpaste says they're not going back in the mm-hmm. tube. But if you're going to say that he's a serial cheater, then let's get it all out on the table right now because that's where we are in college we football. We need details, Bill. Every Everything is out in college football right now, isn't it? I'm Jordan sure. Addison, all of this stuff. Everything is cheating here, money here, payments here, and it's all legal because the NCAA is like, uh, we didn't have this figured out right. But everybody's playing by some rule. But it, if it's all out on the table now, and we know what players are making or can make, what? It, then Jimbo Fisher, come out and say it. What tell do you tell know us you've been doing it. Tell us you've been doing it for twenty years. Who? When? How? Come on, Jimbo. That's <laughs> don't give me the Twitter speak. It's the journey. where we are in college football right now. Is it's all out there. Guys are getting paid. Guys are rolling up in Bentleys. Fine, if that's what it is. But this. Well, I know where the bodies are buried. Well, where are they? <laughs> Bill, you got to start working the phones. You got to get Jimbo's number and see if you can start working on that book deal someday whenever he'll finally release know, all I that. I don't know anything about phones. I, you know, I got a landline still, you know? That's what, that's what Jimbo's, Jimbo's com, uh, comment was at, during that press conference, which was really kind of bizarre. I would have, if I had been at a and I'd say, you know what? Let's put out a statement or something. But then it, it just kind of went off. And, and Jimbo's like, what? Huh? I don't know. I got I got a landline. I don't know how one of these things works here, but I, I don't know. Well, Jimbo is ready to get up after the initial pin pull of the first grenade, and then the AD said uh, questions, and Jimbo had to sit back down. So well, it's pretty interesting. Jimbo Fisher is the most powerful guy at Texas A&M, mm. other than the puppet, the oil masters that are that are the puppets, right? Puppets, right? Under the other the J.R. Ewing. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher could have said to, and I forget the AD's name, but he's the one who brought in there. Could have said, "I'm I know Scott Woodard, isn't it Scott Woodard? Possibly. No, uh, I'm not taking any questions. I've said what I need to say. That would have been the smart thing. But no, I, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> To, to me, this is this is made for t- off-season TV. It's made for October eighth. It's made for uh, the whole, the week of October eighth mm-hmm. because you know you know ESPN and the SEC network will probably you know see some jacked up ratings. You're gonna get a night comes- game down in Tuscaloosa. It's payback. It was payback anyway, but now it could be a hundred to nothing at halftime. Well, Bill, Bill, we were talking yesterday with Brandon Vogel. We got about ninety seconds left here, but. 
it, it kind of struck me like, can you see this as a situation where Jimbo Fisher just saw his opportunity with Nick Saban taking a jab and saying, you know what, with, with all these five stars we're getting here at Texas A&M, let's raise the standards a little bit. Let's, let's raise our sights and let's shoot for Alabama. Here's little. our opening. Yeah. Maybe, you know, uh, it, but again, if you're going to, if you're going to take a shot at Nick Saban, all right, because I'm just trying to think how, what the resumes, how similar they are in terms of championships won. The one to eight. Right. Nine. Okay. If you're going to take a big shot and put yourself on Nick Saban's level, then, then you need to take that shot to knock him down, to bring him down to, to where you are. Mm. Right. And, and, and now, I mean, that, that game on the eighth is going to be the most watched college football game of the decade. Right, possibly in the week leading up, and it's all going to be ESPN going to the SEC. You know, we need more money. Mm-hmm. But to to me, to me, if Jimbo Fisher wanted to cut Nick Saban down to size, then he should have, he should have done it. He should have, he should have spilled some beans and 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 exposed him. But I'm sure that Nick Saban can go. All right, Jimbo, I got eight, I got eight titles because of this. So you want to play that game? I can play that game too. Well, Jimbo, where were you when we went and go got the, when we went to to go get the quarterback at LSU to put yeah. us on the? I mean, uh, hypothetically, allegedly, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's, that's interesting, Bill. What do you got going it's this man, weekend? It's a manufactured it's a manufactured thing for Octo- for mid October in ESPN. How about that, Bill Dolman and uh, the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, yeah. with the Nebraska sweatshirt. Enough uh, product placement with the, the, <laughs> the NBC sweatshirt. Billy D, congrats to, to your little girl on graduation, bud, and we'll get caught up next week. You two next Friday as I'm in uh, out of town for baseball. Yeah, we'll be doing that. And uh, in, in honor of Reagan's graduation, go Montana State Bobcats. All right. Bill, be good, buddy. Thanks for the time. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. He's dancing away. You can watch uh, Searles. Yeah, you can watch Searles dance. I just promoted that. Uh, Facebook, ESPN Lincoln. Twitter, ESPN Lincoln. Hats on backwards. It's over the top time. Searles, what do you know? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm actually getting ready to head down to Omaha here in about 30 minutes to watch my buddy Sam Tavis coach Waverly in state baseball. So going to be down there here in a couple hours. Man, that is awesome. And then uh, Coach Tavis done an incredible job with Waverly. They're trying to put the banner up. And uh, we, uh, you know, Schmidt family's got a lot of baseball uh, this summer with uh, some Legion action. And, yeah, the uh, – the, uh, the the class B title Tavis good stuff man so that's awesome you're going to be in the stands did you do much baseball as a kid or was it all just uh, hurting things and, and and blocking I I didn't swing a cl- I didn't swing a, a bat one time over home plate there I got bored with baseball when I was a young age 
Um, and I was like, yeah, there's other things to do, more people to hurt, and slowly moved on to something different. So you were in right field playing catch with your glove. Yeah, I was the kid throwing the, the grass, digging in the sand. And, yeah, that was me. Well, can find Searles on Twitter. Do so. Uh, Husker standout, longtime NFLer at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Of course, uh, part owner of On West Sports. Searles, your first NFL draft as an agent. Austin Allen, of course, off to the Giants. Take us through your emotions and how this was for you, man, uh, with so many guys uh, that you uh, help represent getting uh, getting their dream fulfilled. They're they're off to the NFL. Yeah. So for our first class, you know, we went uh, we went four for seven, which is not terrible. Um, we would have liked to obviously go seven for seven, but you know, going four for seven, having one guy drafted in the fourth round out of North Dakota State, which was great for us, and then having three guys go in really good spots for uh, free agents, I think, was a really successful draft for us. You know. Um, the emotions were interesting. You know, you go from the high highs of a guy getting drafted in the fourth and all the work you've put in to try and help him. And he's put in exponentially more work mm-hmm. than I have. But, you know, we put in the calls and doing everything we can to put them in the best positions and opportunities. And then you go to the low lows of the drafts over and you can't even get rookie minicamp tryouts for a couple guys just because of how crazy this draft was with just the amount of people and the way that the NFL is changing mini camps, right? And I mean, the NFL is actually half the teams don't even do a rookie mini camp really anymore. So, you know, it's not quite as easy to get guys into those as you used to. So learned a lot. Um, the losses stung more than the wins. You know, those those two guys that ended up with nothing. We had one guy that got a tryout. Um, the other two guys got no calls. So, you know, those two really stung, but already getting ramped up for next year, getting rocking and rolling for 2023 recruiting class. And Get inside for a little Husker football to get rolling here, too. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Let's talk football in Nebraska specifically. And Searles, as you look at the summer and this offseason, I know there's some visits. There's still a, a, a few spots to fill out here through uh, the portal. But let's focus in on the offensive line as you were there up close and personal on the sideline for the spring game and you kind of projected here to the, uh, the the fall camp. How do you feel after spring with the offensive line? You know, I was still pretty shaky come after spring, but a lot of that was because our starters weren't really in there, right? I mean, you just still don't have Chetty Prohaski. You still didn't have Turner Corcoran. You know, Hickson is kind of, a, in my opinion, a stopgap at center right now. I don't necessarily know if he's the answer. So, you know, that for me, it's still a lot of, lot of question marks. And uh, we came out of spring with, couple guys the names you liked right like kevin williams i think was a guy that really came out in the spring and people really were excited about henry lortovsky's another guy that's working his way into the rotation so the big thing everyone was excited about is everyone kept saying they were running off the ball running off the ball and you know i did see some of that now it's just about getting some of those guys technically cleaned up um because i don't care how good casey thompson purdy whoever's back there slinging the rock if we can't protect him then we have no business being winning any football games next year Anything different with with Raiola in the glimpses you got? And I know during the spring, again, you're representing kids, so it was business and NFL and in and, and pro teams you're you're discussing with versus uh, being down there every day at practice or, or seeing. But overall, what 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 is the difference you've noticed uh, with with Raiola, or or did you notice anything different? 
You no, know, it was it was hard to say just because the spring game was basically as vanilla as it came. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, you you essentially were like, oh look, they ran right again. Oh look, they ran left <laughs> again. Touch. Oh look, yes. <laughs> no motions, no shifts. Like I wanted to scratch my eyes out watching that football game. But you got so a tan. Boring. But you know, I think the biggest thing that I saw was an aggressiveness. You know, I think that, and, and nothing against. Um, Coach Austin mm-hmm. or anyone from that other staff love all those guys, but sometimes you just need a little change of philosophy, right? Sometimes it's just about, hey, we're going to do this. It's just going to be different. And when you reinstall a new offense, and especially with like Coach Whipple coming in, I think everyone's details get a little sharpened up. I think everyone's attention to the details. You got to be more and more aware. Even if you're a fifth year senior, it's all brand new to you. So I think all that stuff in combination is what's going to make it different compared to what it has been the last couple of years. Now, Searles, you're a guy who's a, a little bit closer to the program, a little bit closer to those current offensive linemen than a, a guy like myself. But keeping my ear to the ground, I've heard it was a, a pretty physically demanding spring under Riola. Guys dropping some body fat, guys dropping some weight. Is there any truth to that from what you saw? And, and what could the reason for that be if that is true? You know, I think there. I think that there was. I think there needed to be a body shift. You know, I think that a lot of offensive line play is strength. A lot of it is, hey, how well can you can you move a guy from point A to point B against his will, right? And at times last year, I felt like we didn't necessarily have a lot of that strength. So I think in combination with what Coach Rayola, Coach Whipple, and Zach Duvall in the weight room had, where they came up with a plan for this is what we want our ideal offensive lineman to be, whatever that weight is. That body fat percentage, this is their numbers they got to hit in the weight room. They really worked that plan to get their offensive line where they need to be because I don't care. You can be athletic as all get out. We had plenty of guys in the NFL combine that ran four eights, four four eight nines, and everyone was ooing and aahing, and they'd go undrafted. It doesn't matter. Like That stuff's all cool, but can you play ball and can you play at a physical level? And that's what the I'm really looking for this offensive line group to do is play physical and get after guys. Um, not necessarily how fast can they run or how skinny are they. It's just how physical can they be, and that starts in the weight room. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Searles, uh, we look ahead to the offense. Any, any theory on identity, right? Is it going to be downhill run? Is it going to be controlled passing? Is it going to be balance? What, uh, what say you? You know, I think that because of what we are and by we i mean nebraska we can't just say we're gonna be a quick passing team you know the, the state will burn and that's just the way it goes right? <laughs> there'll be will be there'll just be fires everywhere in september if we come out and we're like our identity is five yard slant routes um and i think that coach frost knows that and i think that that's not what's in his dna either i think it's going to be a little bit more under center mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be a little bit more of a, a mid zone and i mean mid zone meaning like b gap wider to start at the aiming point with a cutback and then i think there's gonna be a lot of motions and a lot of shifts and a lot of just keeping the defense guessing with final formation type stuff three by ones two by twos two by twos to one by threes just keeping the, the defense on their toes with formation. So they can't just get a beat on us. You can run the same five plays from four different formations and the defense has to just keep guessing. So I think it's going to be pretty simple at the beginning of the gear, but I think it's going to be a lot of just window dressing, but letting us kind of get our feet wet. No, Searles, obviously all offenses are different, but based on what you've just told me about this offense, is there any NFL or, or high level college football teams offense that you would compare this, this Husker teams to? You know, it's it's hard to say based off of because, I mean, the only one I would really kind of want to compare it to is maybe the Saints. You know, the Saints be based off of they liked having Latavius Murray. They liked having Alvin Kamara back there as kind of that one-two punch. And I look at a guy like Jacquez Yant. 
and I look at uh, some of our other like Ramir Johnsons of like what those compliments could be in the backfield. Now I know I'm saying like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill kind of comparison a little bit to um, our quarterbacks and Purdy or uh, the kid from Texas. Thompson, but, you know, I, Thompson, excuse me. Yeah. You know, but I think that that's kind of what I see with the the flashing and the window dressing, but also the saints didn't abandon the run game. You know, I think like you could say easily like all oh, the Rams or the Bengals, but those guys just threw the ball over the yard all the time. Like you got to be committed to the run game to keep things honest. So I think the saints would be a good comparison. And then everyone wants to try and somehow um, recreate what Michigan had last year. Right, that physical downhill team, but also you could line up and shotgun and air it out. I think that's what everyone you're going to see. It's a copycat league. You're going to see a ton of teams across the country try and mirror what Michigan did last year, but that's really hard to do unless you have the right personnel. Searles, you have any buddies or former teammates that that played for either Saban or Jimbo? I don't. Um, I mean, I know plenty of guys that played for Alabama, but I just we talk. We've been talking about in our group chat all week. What was the reaction to yesterday? that they're all flirting with the mutually assured destruction button. Like they're all like, hand on the button. Like who's going to press it first? Like who's going to do it? I said, I, I pitched the, I pitched the question of like cage match to the death. Yes. Fisher, Nick Saban, who, who wins? Who Sa- wins? Saban's not as tall and he's not as young, but there, Saban would clearly die before dying. I mean, he, he would rather, go out his way he would fight dirty he'd do whatever it takes and while he's you know he can't ride the the ride at you know worlds of fun high twice he would win he'd find a really? way see i said it yesterday I'll see he it would again. find a way i'm never betting against a guy named jimbo yeah my thing jimbo is, I take I his glass Saban's eye out and it. go to town <laughs> i think saban's got a little bit of that dan campbell like bite the kneecaps type of thing in him <laughs> <laughs> right now, right? double venti like all caffeinated and juiced up like i I think david's probably gonna win but that's just grab your popcorn and watch right i think it's hilarious i think both those two idiots need to just relax it's like why like just leave it alone there's really no reason to go after each other like this like nil is the real thing it's gonna be a real thing you for the once in your life didn't have an actual top recruiting class like cry me a river saving nobody cared would you have gone a different spot had there been a uh, a duffel bag full of money versus the fit that Nebraska was? You know, I don't know. I, I ask myself that quite often, you know, and I'll, so much of it was because it just was so not a thing that, like, you can't even think about it. But if you're looking at some of the money that's getting thrown around nowadays, it's hard to say that you wouldn't, right? I mean, you talk about guys that are getting 150 k in the transfer portal or what's his name from USC or that just got $2 million, And it's just like, yeah, probably. Like, yeah, I'd be 18. <laughs> what 18-year-old's not going to be like, oh, you're going to hand me a million dollars? Like, yeah, this is going to end well. You know, I just don't think that anyone could say no to that. But on the other hand here, I'm seeing that money go to quarterbacks and wide receivers and edge rushers and not necessarily offensive linemen. Also correct. <laughs> I mean, wow. it's, it's the same in the NFL, right? If you're not the starting left tackle, you ain't getting paid anything. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah Searles with us. Searles, real quick, bud. Uh, Tyson's Treasure Chest Golf Tournament this summer. Uh, folks, can they can they log on and get signed up? We sold out in 90 minutes. Uh, oh, really? You and Pearl we, Jam. Okay. <laughs> we, we sold out in 90 minutes. Uh, record this year. We keep growing every year. So it's going to be the third Saturday in July um, out there at Woodland Hills. Lazari's Pizza, our guys out there are going to sponsor the food again, which they've done for this. I think they'll be their fourth year, which is just amazing. And we're just going to continue to keep grinding and keep getting things set up for uh, beating this horrible disease and pediatric brain cancer. So 
Uh, I think it's our ninth annual, so pretty, so. Cool, pretty cool, pretty awesome. And uh, if you can still get on and donate, you can still show up for lunch. And so Tyson'sTreasureChest.org if you want to go on and check it out. Searles, be good. Enjoy baseball tonight. Thanks for a few minutes, bud. Hey, absolutely. Go Big Red. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for spending time. A Friday, Hail Var City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're, of course, streaming live on Facebook Live, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, and, of course, ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Bill Dolman, Jeremiah Searle, Steve Morick, and Jacob Padilla. Uh, next 20 minutes, yours. If you want to join, 466-377-6800-825-5865. So a topic, Elijah, that, that you brought up, and detailed on Twitter, God, it probably seems like six weeks ago, but the, the men's mm-hmm. sports v. The, the women's sports and the success that uh, the, uh, the women's teams have had this year. Coach Williams, of course, uh, Ronda Ravel, Nebraska underway again in a regional for softball, and John Cook continues to be the best there is in the sport. Uh, they they are incredible. Uh, it's been noted how difficult it's been for the men's sports with, with Fred this year and, and Frost. Both have restructured deals. And really the, the surprise has been Nebraska baseball this year. They're not out of the conference tournament yet, but it's very, very dicey. They need to get things done tonight against Sparty. And again tomorrow against Michigan State. Mitch Sherman will talk with Mitch again on Tuesday. But he dives in to the topic here, the, the men's big three. And it's it's been an issue. And the, <laughs> the question is, and, and Trev doesn't have an answer for this, but why? why? Why has it been so tough? And... He touches on a few things. One, chemistry is a factor. And when you look at baseball, you lost a lot of leadership. You lost a lot of talent. And that's easier said than done to replace. And you just didn't have a very mature approach this year on top of some some off-season, I should say some in-season removals, right, from the pitching staff. And then you factor in, the, the injury bug, which is no good. Well, the the uh, the number was uh, you, you referenced uh, my tweet from a couple weeks ago. Uh, this was put up six on, weeks. I'm sorry. This is this was put up on. Uh, it was about six weeks ago. You're you're pretty good on that. It was put up on April 13th, mm. and at that time, Nebraska needed to go 11 and 12 in the remaining 23 games in order to uh, beat 
the the worst combined winning percentage in Husker history. That was a 364 set back in 1959 and 1960. And the Huskers to date are 9-13. and So they have guaranteed with that loss last night the worst worst record among the three main men's sports in Husker history. Somewhat close, but they are going to finish below that 364 winning percentage. So Mitch gets into some of the formulas that work and win in the Big Ten. And you can out-talent, talent- Above all, wins, your dude's better than the other guy or gal. End of discussion. You can't check him on the hardwood. You can't check him on the football field. And uh, he or she's just throwing gas from the mound or the, or the circle. We're talking Ohio State and all their we're talking, five-star receivers. We're talking Ohio State and the talent edge. Above all, will win out if you've got talent and toughness together which Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, when they've been rolling, Wisconsin, Iowa, you got to have talent. But above all, are you willing to do what the other guy or gal won't? And this is what we saw last year with the Husker baseball team. Not only did they out-talent they were every other team in the, in the Big Ten, whenever things weren't going their way, which tends to happen in baseball, uh, they used that grit to get through those tough times and end up getting wins, getting series wins, even if they lost a game. It was, that's what we saw with Husker baseball last season, and we've seen none of that this year. The other way to go about doing your business and winning at a high level is through your system. You teach it, you live it, you recruit to it, and it is a it is a living thing. And think about what Izzo has. Izzo's system, defense, toughness, rebounding, and your offensive system with some guys that fit and you can score with. You look at Iowa football. They are going to recruit, they're going to develop, they're going to smash you, and they're going to do it all over again on the offensive and defensive lines. P.J. Fleck is an example. He's a wear out, but man, he can coach mm. and he can evaluate. And nobody had worse luck at running back last year than him. Doesn't matter. His six-team back came in and kicked butt and took names. So you have culture, and the culture Nebraska has right now in football and in basketball is a losing culture despite the resources. So you got to turn to leadership to get out of that funk. And the hope right now is, and you've seen a bit of an adjustment from Hoiberg with who's come in. And Jacob uh, Padilla detailed that beautifully with what Nebraska is going to have. Maybe it's not as much flash, but maybe a little more blue collar uh, instead of just flat out talent. Bryce McGowan's is a sweet talent. Kid's going to go first round. It sounds like now he's kind of moving up the draft boards and some of his gifts are incredible. And and he's a he's he's a tough kid. He came in and, and did well offensively, right? Being but, a freshman in the being Big a 10, freshman in the Big Ten, and everyone did well. everyone in the Big 10 knew that Nebraska's primary scoring option was going to be Bryce McGowan's. Mm-hmm. They they came in with the game plan of, okay, we need to get hands in the face of Bryce McGowan's. We need to stop Bryce McGowan's. We'll let everyone else beat us. And yet he still was going out and leading the team in scoring, averaging, what, 20 points a game, over 20 points a game? Sometimes it was efficient, mm-hmm. and sometimes it was a, a volume deal from a maturity standpoint. Sometimes he'd force stuff, and that's understandable because he's he's a freshman. But that, that goes back to chemistry. Mm-hmm. And right now, you're hoping – this talent edge back to the Ohio State equation of this formula is going to be the difference on top of what you have on the ground floor 
with the Garrett Nelsons of the world, with the Rhymers of the world, right? And who's left offensively? A Hickson, right? Because everyone else pretty much a new face on offense uh, from a returning or Ramir Johnson. You put Omar Manning in there. Yeah, you can put Omar in there. He's he's been here long enough at this point. Sure, and and then your your guy Bando. I mean, he's he's been uh, six years in in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So there there is that. I mean, there's there's bodies there. If Nebraska is going to turn it around and contend for the West, contend for postseason, be knocking on the the bowl door. It's going to be those guys that have been in the program. Those guys that have graduated uh, that that have a, a season to to go out the right way and they're going to have to mesh at a high level with all this new talent that's coming because you can't deny the talent that Nebraska's brought in on the football field. Uh, are they going to to fit? That's the hope. They should. You know they can go play ball, but in a locker room, is it going to work out where they're all rowing, sorry, the same direction? And, and that's going to be your difference because Nebraska's – Listen, if you're tough and you have talent, you should be able to to win a fourth quarter, close out. And it's a whole bunch of new faces with a few holdovers. Good story by Mitch. We'll wind down a Friday weekend edition tomorrow morning. Elijah Herbal, Mark Cranach will give you another shot here shortly to beef up your backyard at Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Podcast. Find us, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Take us with, listen live, several spots to do so, ESPN Lincoln, uh, Carney Hastings Grand Island, ESPN Superstation, 1460-1550. And, of course, your friends up in Columbus, News Talk 900, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, all sorts of options for you on the podcast with Herd at and the on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com, has uh, all the interviews you want and uh, need. And give us a rating when you do subscribe. It is free. We invite you to do that. You have the Straight Up Breakdown podcast. Aaron Sorensen's podcast uh, is incredible. Also, uh, you have Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson, the Hale Va- the Varsity Club podcast. Uh, don't forget Brandon Vogel, his uh, incredible podcast, Diety Preview. Jacob Bedell, a couple of different ones, hoops and prep action with Damon Benning. And then Chick and Nick and the Nick Bob podcast also, all part of our network. So uh, check all of that out. Good, sir. Are you ready to try and even things up, beer and steak? I mean, yeah. Because you're down both. I can try. I hit unders and I hit cover by 
Golden State. Yeah, yeah. We, we may have thrown that cover out before, but I'll, I'll let it slide. What now? That, the cover. I thought we just went with the totals, but it, I'll, I'll, no, I'll that, no, 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 no. Fine. That's no the. Uh, what, what are you thinking tonight? Just I, I'm thinking. Lay it on me. I'm sure I'll be wrong anyway. <laughs> pretty much, what, I've gone opposite of you uh-huh. about ninety percent of the time, and that's the only reason I've won. <laughs> I know. It's right. Gonna, it's gonna Here's what me. I think. I think. Here's what I think. I think Dallas coming off of a of a game seven type setting and and i know it was a blowout and a beatdown and all that good stuff earmuffs jacob padilla but then you got to flip and turn around to to a game one in golden state this is what i don't know energy wise is off the charts for golden state they feed on it golden state oracle is a whole different level that's why the number is so high six and a half is a lot Dallas and Luca are too good. So I think what what's the total here? Is it two fifteen again? Total's two fourteen and a half. The line is six and a half now. God, that's a large number. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas probably covers that number, and I think you got to go overs this time, don't you? You make your pick, and I'll go opposite. I'm going to take Dallas and the points, and I'm going to go overs. Well, I don't. Okay, if if you hate that, just say pass. I, I kind of like the overs, but I'll take Golden State as well. If we just want to do the straight line, okay. So you're taking Golden State. Golden I get, State I, get I get Dallas and Luca and six and a half. Cool to cover. Cool for a steak and a beer. Deal to to even this Western Conference series. We got to give away. Uh, hold on that that would be a, that would be bad if I say we got to give away. We have to qualify you. Because I'm not just handing out smokers on a Friday. Smoker from uh, Capital Patio in the Flame Shop. How about meat from Russ's Market? All of it can be yours at the end of May, but you got to qualify. Do so right now. Caller 9 to beef up your backyard. Caller 9 Five eight six five. Caller nine qualifies. Beef up your backyard. Seven a.m. tomorrow. Weekend edition of Hail Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.